Thank you, David. It's good to hear your voice. Oh, you're too sweet. I know you're lying. <laughs> I, I'm not. You know, this is going to be a nice episode for me. I'm going to be nice to David today. <laughs> I don't believe you. We'll, we'll see about that. Anytime you say something mean, I'm just going to say something really condescending like, oh, go with God. Bless your heart. That's not being nice. That's being condescending. Well, that's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> for this, for these purposes, it's the same thing. <laughs> oh, wow. Hello and welcome to Nerds for Normal People, the podcast bringing nerd culture to a normal world. I'm your master of the geekly arts, Daniel Dunstan. And with me, I have my friends and panel of experts to help guide us through uh, what's happened in nerdhood in the last two weeks. Uh, first off, Bill Sheehy, thank you for joining us. It's good to be here. I have a random question for you guys. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis? My man! <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's introduction over. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I also have uh, David Hood here, who I think have you heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis? Uh, I have not. Bill, can you please explain that to me? It's not a story the Jedi would tell you. Oh, <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. The entire story of Darth, Darth Plagueis. Plagueis was a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful. I, I can I, keep going, David. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I had a bit, but you know what? This is better. Just keep going. <laughs> All right. And we're also joined by Beth Dunstan. Hi. I just want to point out that I am missing a figure skating competition for the second time. Uh, co-hosting this podcast. Whoa. <laughs> the sacrifice I, that she makes is unbelievable. Somebody is actually an athlete that's on this podcast. That's really, <laughs> that's really, really impressive. No, I am a figure skating <laughs> fan, but yep. I yep. love Best, watching it. Beth should be at the world championship right now, but instead she's here. Hey, we I appreciate the sacrifice that she's made. <laughs> hey, it's definitely not as good, so that's going for you. Hey, you did. You did. It could be, it could be better. Well, our first topic of the show is going to be the Birds of Prey teaser, which was released a little bit ago. Now, Birds of Prey is not the full title of the movie. It is actually Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. So we want to make sure we get all of that title in, as I'm sure the title card we will. We have to in say that every time, every way. single time. We can't just say "Birds of Prey." We have to say "Birds of Prey" and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Just every time. Just get used to it. Exactly. And so the teaser is fairly mm-hmm. simple for "Birds of Prey" and the fa- and the fantabulous emancipation mm-hmm. of one Harley Quinn, because it's really. Basically, it's just character shots, and it's one of those teasers they put out that's meant to be paused on each frame, so you can be like, who's that Mm -hmm. supposed to be? Uh, It goes through a list of the confirmed characters for it. Obviously, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. You have Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress, who some might remember as Ramona Flowers from the Scott Pilgrim Mm -hmm. movie. You have uh, Journey Smollett-Bell which I might be mispronouncing that, I apologize, as Black Canary, and Rosie Perez as Renee Montoya, uh, Ella J. Bosco as Cassandra Kane, Chris Messina as Victor Zaz, 
and Ewan McGregor as Black Mask, the villain of the whole piece. And then, of course, there's a mysterious female character who's seen only holding a baseball bat, but you don't see her face, and no one knows who it is. Or do we? Except a bunch of people are thinking it's Batgirl by nature of she's holding a bat. Yeah, I mean, like... You know, I think my favorite thing about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn is just how, like, ridiculous it kind of looks so far. Like, there's, there, we, we don't, we've seen just images of people, and that's it, but, like, you put anything to music, uh, real, especially, like, a really, really cool song, I think you can make anything look good. So, like, I dig the vibe that they're doing, and I dig that Jared Leto isn't in it at all. Um, so, yeah, d- l- is that confirmed? I saw like rumors where they're saying like, "Oh, Joker and Harley are broken up in this movie and all this stuff," but I've not heard it necessarily I, confirmed no, that he's I not think in the movie. It's kind of been implied, though. Like you said, I mean, there was. I think I heard something that like she had a tattoo or something of the Joker that had been X'd out or something in one of the the pictures or one of the behind the yes, scenes. Yes, but there's also set photos that show her wearing a necklace with a J yeah. on it. And if it's like the fantabulous emancipation, she mm-hmm. has to have someone to be emancipated right. from. I I just. But it, Beth, it's the fantabulous emancipation of who? I I don't know. I wish there was some kind of clue. Is it two Harley Quinn? <laughs> Three Harley Quinn? Might uh, be might four, be Harley, four Quinn. Harley Quinn. That's right. <laughs> My money's on five. Uh, yeah. I would bet All right, five. Big money. Big money. I mean. Pr- I mean, personally, my uh, my favorite thing about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn is it just rolls uh, off the tongue so smoothly and easily. That is one of my favorite parts about Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. It just rolls off the tongue so easily. And not only that, <laughs> it, it just, it feels like something that's, you know, like we, in Deadpool 2, he kept on saying like, luck doesn't seem cinematic. This, this title is cinematic. This is everything right with cinema. Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn will win an Academy Award. You watch now. Bold prediction. Bold move. Hot takes. Coming in hot. Well, Bill, I'm glad that you mentioned Deadpool. Um, Because one thing about uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn is, <laughs> is no, she got through the full okay, title okay, she got through the full okay, title we're fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> i did so um i i noticed that there seemed to be even in this little teaser some similar plot beats mm-hmm. to deadpool 2 like you have the kid who is being pursued by the villains and cassandra kane uh it seemed to say that in the article that we had from i think it was io9 was that right gizmodo io9 gizmodo yeah, yeah. Uh, that they seem to say that Cassandra Kane was being pursued by Black Mask or one of the other villains, and I, I guess it falls to the Birds of Prey uh, and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn to protect mm-hmm. her. And um, so uh, that there there seems to be some similar patterns going on, and I. I don't know. My other concern is it looks a lot like a Netflix show, like a Marvel Netflix Ooh. show, like the costuming and lighting and things. Well, I'm, I'm just. I, I think it, it, it's hard to really judge anything as 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 you yeah. know as silly as we've been about Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. <laughs> um, I, I think it's hard to really kind of get a feel for uh, the entire movie 
because like we the, people did the exact same thing. This seems to be a DC movie thing now because we got the same thing with Joker and we've now we've gotten it with Birds of Prey. So I don't know like people got equally <laughs> as excited or equally like decided if they didn't like the movie or not, but I'm I'm, I'm it, it leaves more questions for me but at the same time like I I love seeing Ewan McGregor as a bad guy. I love seeing him being weird and yeah. it, but my other question is, will he put on black the black mask at some point? Well, the thing with black mask, and I'm not sure if Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Har- mm-hmm. one Harley Quinn is going to dig into this, is it's not a mask, it's his yeah. face. Like, people assume it's a mask because it's this weird skull-looking thing, but in similar to Red Skull in uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, and the emancipation of one Steve uh-huh. Rogers. Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. <laughs> it's like, it's sort of a Red Skull thing where that's just his face. Uh-huh. Was, now, I thought, like, at one point, like, he got, like, the, the mask. He used to wear it to intimidate people, and then, like, it got stuck or something, and now he can't take it off. Is, is there something similar to that? Or There might have been a storyline like that once. In almost anything with Black Mask I've ever heard, it tends to be like there's some kind of accident mm. that left him with that as his mm. face. And it, so, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I prefer to think the mask just keeps falling off, so he gorilla glued it to his face, and now it's yeah. just on there. <laughs> Crazy glue, man! It gets every, you every, every time. single time. <laughs> He's like, this time it won't fall off during this fight, and, and oh god, it falls off every time. <laughs> One solid punch, and there it goes. <laughs> and I'll say, this trailer struck me as they were shooting like character photos. I don't even. For posters, th- I wouldn't even call it. And a trailer. they just thought would, like, this is definitely. Well, yeah, yeah this sizz- teaser. It's, it's a like teaser. A sizzler or but, something like that. Sizzle reel. Like, a sizzle reel would imply stuff Uh, happens in it. Uh, I think this is, they were shooting photos in a studio of, here's all our characters. mm -hmm. And they instead just were like, well, here, pose for a second or two, and we'll just cut this together, and it'll Mm -hmm. get people talking online. Be villainous. Which, considering we're here. I know, exactly. (laughs) People will talk about it on their podcasts, and they'll, they'll... Yeah, <laughs> and they'll yeah. say "Birds of Prey" and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn way too many times. There's no way that there are too many times that you can say "Birds of Prey" and the fantabulous emancipation of. Well, one you're Harley probably Quinn. right. There's probably not a, a maximum to amount of time that you can say "Birds of Prey" and the emancipation of one Harley Quinn. You're right. You forgot fantabulous. fantabulous. That's I'm fine. So we'll sorry. forgive you. We'll have okay, to edit that you. in and post. No, it was a very successful announcement yeah, trailer. Absolutely. I think, mm-hmm. so it, was, I think it, it, especially <laughs> after Aquaman, it, it now has like positive things happening at DC, and mm-hmm. now you're like, oh, well, this looks pretty cool mm-hmm. now, and, and then Shazam, I, and that wonder. Yeah, we'll I see. I think they're trying to get some goodwill. Mm-hmm going because like aquaman was successful most people are saying shazam looks like it's good and they thought well maybe we can just get this out there and get some good vibes going mm-hmm. on this i'm guessing this is the harley quinn solo film we kept hearing about from eight different ways that had eight different mm-hmm. plots and i it's coming out next year yeah. so we'll we will uh see what it turns out to be i find it weird that they're I find it weird in a few ways that they're going with, um, for the title, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One mm-hmm. Harley Quinn, because the comic Birds of Prey, not the movie, 
Um, so just birds of prey, not birds of prey, and then Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Okay, exactly, cool. exactly, exactly. The comic Birds of Prey doesn't really feature Harley as part mm-hmm. of the team. Now, a lot of other people in the movie are on the team: Black Canary, Huntress, Cassandra Kane, and Batgirl. Barbara mm-hmm. Gordon kind of leads the team, though. Well, in most iterations of the comic, it was as Oracle. I think- you know, after the debacle that was Suicide Squad, they they took a look and said, okay, what's working here? And they said, oh, obvious choices were Harley Quinn, Will Smith, and that's probably it. Um, and some would say... Jai Courtney was alright. When Jai Courtney is the third best part about your movie, there's something... <laughs> no offense to Jai Courtney, but actually, yeah, he's gonna take offense to that. So yeah, sorry, Jai. Um, but yeah, if it, when... It just, it feels like this was like, okay, well, we want to get these other characters in. Why don't we put in the one thing that worked in Suicide Squad? Because I don't think anyone would contend that we we would never want to see Harley Quinn again, especially Margot Robbie's version. I, I really enjoyed it, and I'd love to see more of it. And if this is what I'm doing, if this is what we're, how we're getting that, so be it. Um, but th- I think that's the reason we're getting, she's in there is because nobody really... We've heard of Bat. A lot of people, like a general audience, has heard of Batgirl, but like everybody knows who Harley Quinn is now. So I think that's what it is. Maybe what I what I had initially heard with what she was looking at for the movie because supposedly they let her have a lot of creative control on mm-hmm. this one. And originally, what I had heard was she was looking for something along the lines of another kind of team up book that existed in the Batman universe. Gotham City mm-hmm. Sirens, which was mostly about Harley Quinn, and mainly her and Poison Ivy and then Catwoman also joined them, and that was kind of the mm-hmm. team. And I was like, okay, that could be a really fun crew and a really good movie with those well, characters bouncing off each other, and to kind of seemingly shove Harley into the lead role on a movie about a super team that usually is headed by Batgirl seems like well, a weird what play. What they could do, and I, I, I don't think this is what they'll do, but what they could be aiming for is like, okay, we'll bring in Harley Quinn for this one, and then we'll introduce Barbara Gordon as Batgirl, and then we'll have the Gotham City Sirens in the next one, and Harley Quinn will join them, and then it's Batgirl versus Harley Quinn in this uh the Gotham City Sirens. I don't know. Uh, that's probably wrong, but I think that... It, I I think we, we, we often look too much to, like, the original comic book influence, which, mm-hmm. I mean, as we should. I mean, that's just natural. But, like, if, if they think they have a good story for it and for a good reason to put Harley in there, why not? Maybe. I would say the thing that kind of frustrates me is a lot of Gotham City Sirens was actually about her kind of escaping her relationship with the Joker mm-hmm. and forming her own support crew with her new friends here. And it feels like it's kind of even the tone mm-hmm. they seem to kind of want to go for for this I movie. It, it's it's just a weird yeah. thing. And I wonder if part of it is because Joss Whedon was supposedly in talks to make a Batgirl movie and that had that has since fallen through. And I wonder if they're just like, well... We've already kind of got some work done on these. Maybe we can just kind of put them together. People are upset they won't get Batgirl, so maybe we'll just kind of wedge mm-hmm. these together and they can get both. 
possibly like it made me remember in the first episode of the amazing Batman the animated series there is or the first the first season of Batman the animated series excuse me um there is an episode called Harley and Ivy and uh so it's the first time that Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn were sort of put together and uh they just complement each other so well Harley Quinn is just so crazy and so off the wall and uh, Poison Ivy is much more controlled and dignified and kind of old, glamorous Hollywood, at least in that show. And um, But they played off each other very well, and Ivy's whole arc for Harley in that episode and has continued to be for the rest, uh, for the comics for a while, has been, you have to get away from the Joker. And of course, Poison Ivy is immune to the Joker's poison. So plot-wise, that helps. And uh, in the comics, they've even been romantically involved in more recent stories. But um, uh, for me, I would have loved to have seen their friendship and their relationship on screen. And I'm a little bit bummed that Poison Ivy's not here, Mm -hmm. just because their relationship has been so fun in the comics for such a long time and it was it was so fun in the animated series as yeah. well and it, but it was uh poison i ever part of the birds of prey no no that's probably because... why but it doesn't mean that poison ivy won't come in in a later movie of birds of prey successful yeah. well but harley was never part of birds yeah. of prey yeah but do you guys so... have anybody in mind who would play po- uh, who would make a good poison ivy <sighs> i, never... I mean it's it's I feel like it's the go-to answer for who's a good female actress to play anyone but Jessica Chastain. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could, I could see that. I'm trying to. I don't know. It's. I don't think there's there. Nobody immediately comes to mind, but I was just seeing if you guys had anything in mind. I've never actually thought about that. Yeah. I think it could be interesting, and I, 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 I wish it had been Gotham City Sirens. Because that could have been similar to Suicide Squad and its unlikely heroes, but if done with a little bit of fun and style, it could easily work in every way that Suicide Squad didn't. The main problems for Suicide Squad and even, you know, Batman v Superman, the problems with all the bad DCEU movies is that it felt like the good ones, like, you know... Man of Steel was definitely Zack Snyder's vision. Aquaman, definitely James Wan's vision. Wonder Woman, definitely Patty Jenkins' vision. It feels like everything else, what initially, like, you know, what David Ayer wanted to do, what Zack Snyder wanted to do with Batman v Superman or whatever, it was, you know, they they messed around with it, and it was like, okay, we're going to try to make this more Marvel, we're going to try to make this more fun, and it just turned into a mess. Um, So I think... If you have, you know, given that Har- that uh, Margot Robbie's get- been given more creative control and that hopefully they're learning the lessons that uh, on how to make a good cinematic universe. And even though they may not be focusing on one coherent universe right now, but just making good movies, um, I think that's important. And I think that's that's something that that seems to be they, they seem to be getting better at that. Yeah. And I know that a lot of what the disappointment I feel is just my own expectations and you mm-hmm. have to put mm-hmm. those aside when you're when you're looking at a film like this and realize that you know I, I think that Margot Robbie loves this character and yeah, I think I that she 
is very passionate about it. And I think mm-hmm. especially if she has had a lot of creative control, then I think it could be really good. What I am mostly curious about in this trailer, though, um, is or this teaser is if that is Batgirl, uh, Barbara Gordon in the comics is a librarian, actually. Hey. And uh, and it seems that she does have a novel written on her bat there. And I'm really <laughs> curious, which novel is that? Yeah, like, I, I can't I've, quite read it so from the picture. That what the still I really picture. want to believe is that it is a novel. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's her favorite novel that she has painstakingly written does, does she have on one at, like actually if you uh pause it and you enhance it you can tell it's darth plague is the wise that's true oh, it is the whole story of the tragedy of darth plague is the wise it isn't a story the jedi would tell <laughs> everyone knows that sorry I, I had to get him going again <laughs> like i'm wondering is it jane Eyre? is it pride and prejudice is it the odyssey what would be most in line with barbara gordon's character Let's see. I was thinking sort of Jane Eyre-ish, mm-hmm. but uh, well, so if she if she's using the bat to knock people out, would it be better to have a book that just always renders people asleep, like War and Peace, <laughs> or a separate piece? Well, I was thinking <laughs> if the art of war. If she has the Odyssey, you can make like some Homer puns as your, <laughs> or like you can. You can make some puns about, you know, a home run since Odys- since Odysseus is trying to go home. So, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with it if it's I the think, Odyssey. I think it's probably one of Coach Cal's self-help books is probably on there. I think that would probably make the most sense to me. <laughs> would it be Mingione instead of Cal? Maybe. You know, what's, oh God, what's one of his sayings? I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but like... You, be the ball, or, the, or, or something. Be a be a drain, not a Mingione. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what, what his sayings are. Sorry, coach. I, I know he tells you not to be a drain. Don't be a drain, or be a drain. Be be the ball. I don't. I don't know. I, I can't remember. We need another call. I, I really hope it's just a bunch of Bobby Knight quotes, and as you're as, as, you, just, as, you're, just re- says, as you're reading them, someone throws a chair at you. Uh, it's actually just "God damn it" and "Screw Kentucky" twenty thousand uh, times, just all over the bat. <laughs> no, you have a separate thing that is just a chair with a bunch of Bobby yeah, Knight <laughs> quotes written on it. <laughs> God. Wait, 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 wait. Are we a nerd podcast? Why are we talking about sports? <laughs> no, no the illusion. Sorry. It's falling. Oh, no! Sport. What is what is a spork? <laughs> Did the ball go? High <laughs> score, what, man. What is sports ball? <laughs> sports ball, the movie, the game, the mobile app. I miss the days when Double D didn't know sports. Those were days. Some would say those are still pretty much days. <laughs> Shark attack! <laughs> no, no, that's Noah who's not okay. here. Oh, I forgot. That's sad now. Well, anyone else have any final thoughts before we move on to the next topic? No, I don't think I have any final thoughts on Birds of Prey and the fabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, so I think we can move on. I like Cassandra Cain, and I ho- and I like Margot Robbie, and I hope the movie's good. And I will say, Ewan McGregor as Black Mask is pretty good casting. Mm-hmm. It is. 
like he it's, can he can be intimidating. He's a good actor. It's true. You know, everybody else who was considered was on the low ground. You know, and he he was just on the high ground. <laughs> So, it was over at that point. Oh, oh. It, if he, if he ever at one point has the high ground, I will lose my shit. I every time you know, he always has the high. ground That would be it's, actually a fun moment if at one point he's like, "You can't win, Harley. I have the, yeah, high, the ground. high ground." And then like Huntress just shoots him in the knee, and then Harley looks at the camera and just goes. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a perfect finale to the movie. Just end scene there. And there it is. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. All right. Well, let's move from Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn to Marvel, Disney, and the splendiferous procurement of one Fox Studios. Ooh, that was awesome. Yay. Well done. Bravo. I've been quietly doing research here out for proper wording. Don't worry. That was fa- what a transition. What a professional move. Another great transition. <laughs> and we've now ruined it by laughing about the transition. Gee, okay, listen. Let's that's just keep the, going. That's the nerds for normal people way. That is, running shit keep... into the ground to where it's not funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's the we've, American way. We've never done that and the um, fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so a lot has been coming out as deals are fall as like more and more about the Fox Disney uh, merger or sale is coming out. We're learning a lot more about some of the future plans. Uh, I know Bob Iger did an investment investors teleconference that Bill uh, that Bill listened to okay. for that hot Star so, Wars title so that before, never happened. Before we talk, <laughs> Star Wars Twitter, for whatever the reason this week, decided that, oh, Bob Iger has an investment call where he's going to be answering questions to investors and to uh, entertainment and, and business reporters. This is obviously the place where we're going to uh, announce the title of episode nine. So me... <laughs> Being an idiot, <laughs> listen to it, investors' calls and reporters asking questions, and it was just like it was the most boring kind of sports radio I've ever heard. Like it was like <laughs> it was business uh, talk radio. Yeah, yeah, it was business talk radio. Like uh, the, the the operator would say, "All right," and we have Daniel Dunstan from St. James Hotel Bank in Winnebago. You are on. And then he'd ask some question about growth. Now, now, Bob, when you're looking at the potential growth in parks moving forward uh-huh. in the next exactly. 10 year span, what would you say is the ideal growth numbers for that? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really appreciate that. Um, as a, Now, if I called in, it would be it would just be all right. And we have Bill Sheehy. <laughs> From Skywalking Through the League and uh, Funkhauser. Bill, you are on. Hey, Bob, it's Bill. First time, long time. Um, Hoo-ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hoo-ah, exactly. Um, yeah, um, you know, in regards to the, the title of Episode 9, what is it? I'll, I'll take my answer off air. Thank you. This is the police. You can't ask him that question. I, I think they would hear Skywalking through the league and just be like, "Oh, we got he got oh, disconnected uh, somehow." Yeah, okay. Who would have guessed? Yeah, Bob, can you hear me? Are you are you still there, Bob? <laughs> I will say, among the things he was asked was basically whether or not Deadpool would stay mm-hmm. R rated, 
Because that's been the question people have been wondering, and especially with Disney's more family-friendly environment. He said... (laughs) (laughs) He said an interesting thing. (laughs) If we can get past Mickey's sudden appearance. (laughs) Oh, boy! (laughs) That pole's gonna be R-rated! But we're gonna give them promise rings! <laughs> <laughs> he said half of that. He, he said Deadpool would still be R-rated. Which, which that is uh, one of the greatest news I've heard since this mer- since this biops came about. Oh yeah, that was nice. He actually made a good point because he said like Disney owns ESPN, but like they don't force Disney stuff on ESPN. It mm-hmm. let, like ESPN is its own brand, and Except- Fox can continue to be its mm-hmm. own brand. At, and as he said, at least for R-rated movies, mm-hmm. which means the studio itself might not be entirely done. It might mm-hmm. just become sort of part of yeah. a wing of Disney. I-, I was actually wondering if they would just keep Fox Searchlight as sort of their R-rated studio, that you would have the more mature stuff there. For a while, they had uh, Touchstone pictures, and they still might mm-hmm. technically, and that's what they would release, like, usually oscar baby kind of stuff, and some of their just non-necessarily Disney films would be Touchstone pictures. I wonder if Fox or Fox Searchlight will become part of that, mm-hmm. and just, like, Fox Searchlight will be the new, like, look, this is for our more serious stuff. Now... Did they? Did he mention anything about this possibly being in the MCU? Is it still going to be its own thing? Like, what's what's the? Did they give anything else on that? They did not really say too much. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people are wondering, you know, like, well, would an R-rated Deadpool exist in the PG-13 MCU universe? He didn't really get into that. And there's some people who think that some of this could be driven by the fact the. Uh, performance of once upon a deadpool was kind of under expectations mm-hmm. and so the people are like well maybe there's not an appetite for a pg-13 deadpool well i mean but i i feel like because we've i think has every who has everyone seen it or is it just me and you daniel i think it's just me and you though we've all seen deadpool 2 right so i think the difference between like releasing Once Upon a Deadpool and using that as, like, your gauge, I think that's a little... I, I, I don't think you can do that because you're re-releasing a movie that we already saw and that was already, like, for another... Like, it was for a different rating. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're starting over, you can still make that kind of... Uh, you can make that humor. You can do all that kind of stuff. But... I just think that that was based on it was a rehash of another movie and it like as I said in my review for Funkhauser which you should check out um it's just a a rehash it's the third best version of the movie <laughs> so yeah. it, it, it's just a whole thing like it, it's not a rehash of a bad movie it's a rehash of a good movie so you had nowhere else to go but down yeah exactly exactly and I would actually say, like, some of that still worked as an audience member and if anything I think that might work as proof of Basically, like, that might work as proof of... His inclusion, maybe? His inclusion. Thank you, Bill. I mm-hmm. got lost in my words there. Because uh, it's no like, he could work in smaller doses, not like him being on the Avengers and being there for, you know, an hour plus of screen time. But he might work in moments of inclusion with a larger universe that is PG-13. 
Right. And then his movie will just be something else. One thing I did notice that Bob Iger said was that he was very adamant about them very clearly branding their R-rated films and Deadpool mm-hmm. as R-rated to avoid any confusion with fans. And I think especially since uh, Disney is a more sort of family-oriented company, um, I that did make me wonder if they are going to try to like I, I think that he will have some cameos probably, but mm-hmm. it did make me wonder if they're going to try to keep him initially at least as separate as possible to uh, to sort mm-hmm. of prevent any confusion. Mm-hmm. So. That's probably a smart idea, but like as soon once you start including X Men, I think his, his you could see a lot more of him in the MCU because that'll in. Now, when the, whenever the rights go in, it's you'll probably see like three or four years when we see a, an X Men in um, a Marvel movie. But the, the, mm-hmm. uh, the whole thing though is, if you include X Men and Avengers into a uh, into one movie, that is so many people that like, you can't do that in one movie, no matter what movie it is. That is mm-hmm. way too many mm-hmm. characters. So I I think they're probably going to keep it as a. X-Men and Avengers universe and say, yeah, they're in the same universe. They just don't interact. I, I could see them at some point eventually building up to like it, in comics, like an Avengers versus X-Men. But, but, but even with that, Deadpool was not a, really in that move in that comic. But yeah, but you can still keep an Avengers universe and X-Men universe and you mm-hmm. can make the X-Men universe still cater to more R rated stuff. Because let's face it, the, Life of a Mutant is kind of more on the already because they're they're all being pro- prosecuted as being mutants by the regular people. So, persecuted, yeah, persecuted. I said prosecuted, but um, <laughs> whatever. Um, but it's just the whole thing. Like they already had the ability to be more of an R-rated setting, and that's where Deadpool mm-hmm. could sit. And like you said, they could eventually do an X Men versus Avengers crossover movie, mm-hmm. and where they only give really the big headliners screen time and keep some of the smaller names behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's just the... If you include Deadpool into the into the MCU, the I'm going to say Avengers because they can be in the MCU. If you include mm-hmm. them into the Avengers universe, that opens the floodgates to put Wolverine in, which puts the X-Men in, which makes... If, if, if too many chefs in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Though I will say, I don't think all of the X-Men stuff has to be R-rated. And I think part of even what Bob Iger might be thinking with making sure Deadpool is... Making sure their R-rated content is branded R-rated content is because it might help prevent some of what's happened in the past. Because I remember going to see the first Deadpool in theaters and there were children in there. (laughs) Because... People go, it's a superhero film, of course it's safe for kids. It's the same as, like, parents who bought Sausage Party for their kids because they said it's an animated movie, of course it's for kids. It's also called Sausage Party. What are you... What terrible parents. (laughs) Uh, I'm not not disagreeing with you, Bill. My parents parents were smart enough to win. If I said, let's go see this movie, they saw an R rating, they are like, uh, no. Mm Mm-hmm. Mostly because they took my sister to see Bad Santa, and they... <laughs> oh, no. And that, oh, no. that that didn't go over too well. They left, like, 30 minutes into it. 
Well, it's, and I think part of it is he wants to make sure people know, like, look, this is R-rated. This is mm-hmm. not for kids. You know, we are happy to produce an R-rated Deadpool movie, but don't take your kids to it. Yeah. I don't care if this is, if he's in a colorful suit. Yeah, and, and, and when it's, you really, look at it's it just, really not that colorful. It, but when it's, you look at it just red. from a business perspective, too, I mean, Deadpool and Deadpool 2 made a lot of money for an R-rated movie. I, I, I can't remember. It's not the most, uh, you know, it's second it or was, third. It was, uh, domestically, it was the second largest mm-hmm. release for an R-rated film for the first Deadpool. He's and a, I think worldwide it was the highest. He's a popular character. I mean, people like Deadpool. They'd be, uh, they'd be kind of, it'd be ridiculous for them not to mm-hmm. uh, keep his story going. And and to be able to do that character as as he deserves, you have to do R-rated. I, mm-hmm. I, I, and so, as long as Ryan Reynolds plays him, he's going to make sure it's done right. Right. Yeah. And I think, like, you definitely, because th- there's discussion with, who would come over for like, or it's, you know, recasting like the X-Men. And especially there's also an article of like Kevin Feige would lead the search for Wolverine for who's going to play Wolverine though. More than likely it'd be Sarah Finn would lead the search for Wolverine. Cause she does all the casting for Marvel. But I think Deadpool is one of those. You have to kind of leave it as is that has to be Ryan Reynolds. You can change the entire X-Men universe around him, but I mm-hmm. think because of Ryan Reynolds' strong connection to that character, you need it to be him. Now I'm just imagining right. an X-Men universe built around Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily built around mm-hmm. him, but he'd be the constant, I guess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and like, And have fun with it. Make him aware that suddenly everyone changed. They already played with the fact that he doesn't know who's Professor X, McAvoy or Stewart. The timeline makes no sense. Like, mm-hmm. if the entire universe changed and suddenly there was an Iron Man where there <laughs> wasn't one before, have fun with it. Mm-hmm. And, and that, I mean, he's already the... acknowledged it in the other movies too. So I mm-hmm. mean, like Deadpool, like uh, what's the thing he says to? Is it Juggernaut or to Cy- uh, uh, Colossus? Uh, sun's getting real low, and so, like, they've already, like... Yes. They've already referenced the other... I think that Deadpool moving to the MCU would, like... I think it'd be a seamless move, and, like, then then you, like, make fun of it. Like, you're, Mm -hmm. like, there's, like, there's your angle. Well, even in Once Upon a Deadpool, they make a joke about how they've now been bought by Disney. Mm -hmm. And so, you know... Because, like, he has the whole thing with Fred Savage, and he's like, well, I'm a Marvel movie. And he goes, well, but you're you're kind of Marvel by Fox. It's not really, really Marvel. Mar- and he goes, well, the joke's on you, because Disney just bought Fox. And then it's like, <laughs> is is the joke on me, or is it is still it a- on you? <laughs> so, like, have fun with it. I, yeah. I think this is a character who doesn't necessarily need to even ever cross over with any main storyline stuff. It'd be Mm -hmm. fun, but let Deadpool be Deadpool. And I'm kind of glad to hear that they still are planning it. Yeah, same. Now, to change subjects just a bit, uh, because Kevin Feige, like, people have... There was also an interview done with, like, the producer who has handled a lot of 
she's handled a lot of the movies and the casting and stuff for the X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of talking to her about what's the potential of X-Men in there in the Marvel universe. And she kind of hinted like, well, a lot of that's going to be up to Feige. And like, he's right now dealing with the fact, oh, I suddenly have all these new characters. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And I, uh, so real quick, and we'll move on to the next part of the story. That's interesting. If you all had to pick who is your next Wolverine? Oh God. Um, who replaces Hugh Jackman? Oh God, Hugh Jackman! But we cut him at the shin, so he's actually shorter. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> I, I I don't think I can top that. I really don't. I mean, like we'll get him down to the appropriate height. Yeah. If you, I mean... if you had asked me before the success of Venom, I would have said Tom Hardy. That's uh, not a bad choice. Because hey, I mean, he's hey, short. that is Sony Marvel. He can still do. That's true. That's a re- but like still at the same time he's in a series that there's probably c- contractual ob- obligations that he can't be in another uh, opposite you know yeah universe. and that also hurts because like the person who I immediately thought of was uh, Joe Manganiello uh huh okay um from True Blood and he's uh, but he's playing but he's Deathstroke also, he's also old like true. He, there, but uh, he's I'm still so, no, playing okay, Deathstroke. Re- let me rephrase that. He's not old. Let me. How I was going to say he's not old. Like so you know like, that gray hair is fake yeah. when he takes off the mask <laughs> in Justice League. Well, here, hold on. Let me see how old he is. He is. Is what? Maybe in his forties. He was born in 1976. So let's do math. He is. He's in his like yeah. He's 42, 43. So you know it. I was. Uh, Hugh Jackman just can't do it anymore. He's. 53 years old he he could do it if he wanted to but like he's done that for the past 20 years and Hugh so jackman's like, only 50 is he only 50 yeah well still like you if you're gonna get wolverine now you need to get someone who's a little bit younger who's gonna well, hold the, the series for 12 him, years the character himself is a little older mm-hmm. but like at the same time like you can't that kind of like physique that Hugh's doing is just not sustainable <laughs> True. He, true. It's I can't I, I can't even imagine the amount of work just to like look like that. Let alone like you know looking at scripts. You know just living day to day life. Just keeping that up just seems impossible <laughs> to me. Yeah, I don't know who would play Wolverine. Um, I I just know I trust Sarah Finn to cast the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, right. she's she has found the right person, even if it was someone I was sort of surprised by at first, it always turns out to be the right person. And um, so I, I think she can find it. I'm I'm wondering if it's going to be, I don't know, I was trying to think of short actors. So I was wondering if it's just going to be somebody like, I don't know, Elijah Wood or Daniel Radcliffe or something. Or, da- or Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Personally, I would just selfishly like to see a bit more from Daphne Keene, who played uh, yes. Laura in Logan. So I'd 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 love it if we could somehow, some way, get a little bit more of her, mm-hmm. like even as a teenage X twenty three at some point, yeah. because she was so mm-hmm. great in that role. You guys are forgetting the obvious choice for Wolverine, and it was also my obvious choice for Joker. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darth Plagueis? 
No, it's <laughs> Ray Romano is definitely your next Wolverine. Oh Jesus! Oh jeez. <laughs> Uh, what, what do you got, Bob? <laughs> 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 it, but the one, one, the bad thing is, no matter who they select, it's an uphill battle for him because you're replacing mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman. Which out of, the, out of the X Men universe, Wolverine was the one constant that was always mm-hmm. good. Listen, Ex- Ray except Romano the Wolverine has Origins. the chops. Ray <laughs> Romano has the chops. But like, but like, that's why it, it might honestly be not a terrible idea. Like what Beth said for. Uh, Daphne Keen, like maybe mm-hmm. let her grow up a bit more, and then you jump Wolverine and just go straight into X twenty three. I don't listen. I I love her as X twenty three, or yeah, is that X twenty three? Yeah, mm-hmm. I love her as that. Um, but the problem with jumping that I, I think is that people like still want to see Wolverine, like that mm-hmm. he's such an iconic character. You finally have the rights to him. Sure, you could use Hugh Jackman, but like, it, it just—if you have the opportunity to do this kind of iconic character that's so important uh, in the comics and that's become so important in the movies, I—I I, I just don't see them jumping over him for Daphne King, which I would love. I think would be awesome, and I think would be a really, really bold move. But I just don't see them doing that. No, I think you're right. Just brand recognizability. It makes more mm-hmm. sense to have Wolverine. And also, people have been waiting for this. They've been waiting yeah. for Wolverine to interact with some of these characters. And uh, and you want it to be Logan. You really do. And, so, I think it makes whole, sense. The whole part of it, though, is also Wolverine could be the glue between the Avengers and the X-Men. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, wasn't, was, wasn't he the first X-Men to become an Avenger? I think that was Beast, maybe it was oh, Beast yeah. or Wolverine. Yeah, but Wolverine it, was by far the better known one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that that could work because usually, even in the comics, the X Men and Avengers are basically two ships passing in the night. They uh-huh. they do not interact much at all, and they're just in their own little worlds. And and Wolverine is and and even sometimes Deadpool is is kind of the the bridge between them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Deadpool's been an Avenger more than some of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Cyclops has ever been an Avenger. No. Havoc uh, has. Way, his brother. Yeah, Havoc has. Mm-hmm. Havoc led an Avengers team for a bit. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, after uh, Scott wore those ridiculous Oakleys at the end of Days of Future Past, I don't think he deserves to be an Avenger ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm okay with that. You mean you mean like, uh, Days of Future Past, the emancipation of the Oakleys? Yeah, yes. <laughs> Listen, speaking uh, speaking of burning jokes into the ground, <laughs> <laughs> I will say I found a comic book resources article that has like actors who have at one time been rumored and also other suggestions for Wolverine. There's like Scott Eastwood. Nope. Uh, Big nope. Jai Courtney. There you go. Big yes. Never big yes. Big, big yes. <laughs> Anson Mount, who was Black Bolt, and maybe had he been given Black Bolt in a better show, it could have turned out better. Mm-hmm. Luke Evans, Aiden Turner. I don't, Scott- hate, I don't hate Luke Evans. I've, I've found that I've actually liked him in, in everything that he's done. He could be good. Yeah. Scott Kahn mm-hmm. from... Uh, what is oh, it? Hawaii, Hawaii Five-0? Five-0? Nope. Pass. 
That's Jason Momoa. That's not happening. Big, I yes, can go ahead yes. and tell you that that's no, not give happening. Me, give me, give ja- me. Oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'd be hundred percent on board for that. I oh, bet he'd be great. I wish you hadn't said that now. Oh my but god! But the problem that's... is. DC is going to build their future off his back. That's true. Ugh. His very, now, very like, broad back. I can see back. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can see it. Oh, I hate that you said that now, because now I only want to see Jason Momoa as Wolverine. I Honestly, cast Jason Momoa as every character ever. Make him James Bond. Make him... Let's see. Who else? Make him Jason Bourne. Make him Ethan Hunt. I don't I want... care. I want an X-Men movie where every character, character is, is played Jason by Momoa. Jason Momoa. <laughs> I, I would watch that a million times. It's X-Men, Days I of Momoa's too. past. But, <laughs> but, the thi- but the thing is, every character has to have Jason Momoa's hair. You don't change oh, the yeah, hair. No. <laughs> Even, especially Professor X. Exactly. I'll say that might be the hardest person to recast. <laughs> I, heard, I, think I, I said, think I said this in the last episode, uh, or a couple episodes back. I heard a really, really interesting take where it was like Denzel Washington playing Magneto and um, uh, Ray Fiennes playing Professor X, but like instead of like the Nazis being the like the back the background to that, it's civil rights. So like that civil could be rights interesting. I think that'd be a really, really interesting take on it. And it's like you put Denzel in anything, like, and I'm gonna watch it. So it's fun. Denzel yelling at a clock. Denzel monologuing into the camera. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. That does bring up one thing I'm a little worried about with these universes combining, which is in the comics, there have been several things where like the mutants and the X-Men have, have been uh, under the gun of prejudice so much and they're being persecuted so much. And the Avengers are, Basically, like, well, that's too bad. We're going to continue to enjoy our celebrity status. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's always a degree of culpability there with the Avengers. And I'm hoping that Feige can find a way to avoid that in the movies. Mm-hmm. But, I would imagine in the hands of the right creative team, that's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, and I think if, any, if I trust anyone to put the right creative team there, it's Feige. Yeah. yeah, I will. I, s- has oh, the man has the man missed like in the past like ten years? I mean, you could argue a lot with some of the early Marvel work, but like, still, fa- like Phase One is kind of filled with some meh. But as soon as he laid the groundwork, has has he had a <coughs> Thor: beso- The Dark World? Th- yeah, <coughs> besides that, <laughs> every other movie. You know, if you just take out the shitty ones, every other movie. <laughs> He's been on a run, I will say that. Let me make my point. <laughs> I will always cut down your point. Jesus Christ. I'll say an interesting discussion this co- this brings up is what happens to the current X-Men projects mm-hmm. as everything is in flux with the new owners taking over at some point probably this year and then they'd be producing their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some notable things. One is there's rumors that New Mutants now, which is slated for, I think, an August release date, might not come out at all and might just get kicked over to, like, Hulu or some other streaming service. Mm-hmm. 
And then you have Dark Phoenix, which is still slated for its release date in June, I what, believe. Mark that down. It is February 7th, 2019, and as of now, it's still going to release. Yes. <laughs> well, today, the <laughs> day, you, the, thank you for telling everyone when we recorded this. The, bit. the day, okay, the day you released this, just bleep out the here. You know what? Well, here, I'll, I'll, I will I'll, say, I will say this. That would fit because when the Dark Phoenix trailer came out, we recorded a whole podcast about it, and the, and the next, next day, day they, they moved the release it. date. Yep. yep. So it here. is currently slated for June seventh, uh-huh. two thousand nineteen. Well, Here's what you do in post. You uh, you change, you, you put your voice over the date that I said, and then put the date that you release it. <laughs> it. It goes from my voice to your voice where it says, beep, 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 whatever, you know, whatever the real date is. <laughs> so, and then I just redub over my voice uh-huh. when exactly. it's actually coming, when Dark Phoenix is actually coming out. Right. Then, 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 then I will say symbiote, but you had to dub me over. <laughs> I will say early test screenings for Dark Phoenix not looking so good. I am gonna. I will be the first in line to see Dark Phoenix because <laughs> a it's either going to it, it's it's either going to be a mess, which I want to see, or it's going <laughs> to surprise everybody and be okay. So like I, I want to be there for either. So I, li- I, I like that in your view, the options are it's going to be okay or it's going to be a mess. There's not an option for it's going to be good. <laughs> it, it, it could be. Listen, I've I've actually, I think like the past, let's see, I was one of the, like the few people that actually enjoyed Apocalypse. I liked Apocalypse, I liked Days of Future Past, and I liked, I, I loved First Class. So like, Who, d- I, who didn't I, love First Class? I love First Class is the best. I think I'm, I'll stand by this. First Class is the best X Men movie for me. It's Days of Future of, Past. Not of the not of the spinoffs because otherwise yeah. that's Logan. Yeah, but- <laughs> true, true. Good point, good point. But like Days, I, I, they were on a roll, and like I, I, I enjoyed those characters and the uh, like the current portrayals of them. So you know, it's it, it sucks that it, that it's looking like it might suck, but at the same time, like I I, w- I want to see it because the X Men are going to go out and either. You know, uh, a ring of glory, or they're going to go out with a big old thud. So, mm-hmm. I think they're going to go out with the thud of that one station wagon or police car hitting the ground when Phoenix <laughs> lifts it up. Yep. So, because that's the limit of her powers is you know tossing a car around. The only thing that could save it is a cool uh, quicksilver scene. But other than that, like, you know, it's if, maybe, if it's, but that couldn't save Apocalypse fully. Well, I once again, it's been a while since I've seen Apocalypse, but I enjoyed it. But at the same time, like, what song do you think they would do if, it, it, being that it's in the nineties, part the 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 part part of me hopes it's Hootie and the Blowfish, where it's only want to be with you, like, and it's just in slow motion. I think that'd be that'd be fairly maybe, funny. but it's always something kind of on the nose for uh-huh. what it is. So I I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'd be some Spice Girls song or mm-hmm. some boy band. Oh, if they play Spice Girls, I will get up in that movie theater and dance. Mm-hmm. I... <laughs> I know you will. I know. I you love will. me some Spice Girls. Now this is from 1988, but I, I would love it if it was the Proclaimers. I'm gonna be or 500 miles. I, I really <laughs> want to see that. Would into that so. I'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'd be. Totally I would. Did you say you'd be awesome? Yeah. 
It'd be the first time in my life I'd you, be awesome. You, you, Daniel, you are Words awesome. Words are hard, Bill. Words you, are hard. You are awesome. I, I believe that. God bless your heart, Bill. Words God. are hard. Words are hard. Papa bless you, David. Papa bless you. <laughs> I will say what's also apparently going to be difficult is trying to get Gambit ever off the ground. Because most reports have it to where it looks like any non-finished X-Men projects are just kind of up in the air or on hold, mm-hmm. which would include Gambit and any other spinoffs. Gambit they are will at. never come out. No, no. Gambit's I, never I, coming I, I th- out. I, actually, I think this could be good for Gambit because it's been in the works for so long. They might just cut him. Be like, all right, now let's do an actual Gambit mm-hmm. movie. Let's not just keep cutting it, pushing it back. No. Don't get me wrong, like, I, I'd, I'd like to see Channing Tatum as Gambit, I think that's really good casting, but at the same time, like, just put him in an X-Men movie, like, uh, just put him in the MCU movie, they, that's, that, I think that'd be a good way to put him in, because, like, now he's just at, like, the Thanos, Thanos at the end of Age of Ultron, where he's just going into the vault and just saying, fine, I'll do it myself, and just walking out. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about the elephant in the room with this merger, or this, uh, buyout in here. How Josh Brolin's two characters in it? That's yeah. a good point. That's <laughs> a really good point. Do you think Cable ever meets Thanos? <laughs> no, because Thanos is going to die at the end of uh, Endgame. Thanos never stays dead. But what if Thanos goes, becomes a time traveler and becomes Cable? <laughs> and you know, even if Thanos dies, like Cable is a time traveler. That really is immaterial yes. to him, so... See, C- Cable's whole time traveling is based on the time stone. So now, now, huh? Now, what if? Because there's rumors of time travel in Avengers Endgame. What if Cable is how they can time travel so they can stop uh, Thanos? Cable in Avengers Endgame confirmed. That that's big if true. But Josh Brolin has true. to play him, so it's oh, Josh no, Brolin versus, versus Josh Brolin. That has to happen. If, if we get a scene where Josh Brolin kills himself, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Fox merger worth it. <laughs> I I don't know. I th- I think if we finally get a scene of Doctor Doom kicking through a wall and going Doom doesn't use doors, doesn't the Fox merger doors. is finally Good worth god. it. No, what I want to see is Thanos kill Cable. But then he starts fading away, and it's just like, what? <laughs> so he was me the whole time. <laughs> I will say, it'll be interesting to see how the X-Men in- integrate into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how all of the Fox buyout goes. Because this, this is a... These are two huge studios coming together. It, this'll... This will be interesting to watch. And absolutely. Now, now that I think about it, you make a good point with Doom. Just like now, the fact that Doom will be in the universe, you have your next big villain to build up to. Oh, here's the nice thing, and the thing no one's really talking about. Uh, well, I mean, people are, but like you're you're seeing more questions about the X Men. Is like they get the Fantastic Four back with this, mm-hmm. and even though they might not be in a huge rush to do another Fantastic Four movie. The Fantastic Four have, like, almost all of Marvel's best villains yep. under their wing. So you get, like, Doom, Galactus, King the Conqueror, Annihilus, all these great villains 
finally being able to be in like Avengers movies. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you don't even need to have to a that. Yeah, you don't even need to have a Fantastic Four movie. You might have like Tony Stark bringing in Reed Richards to help him in with something. Mm-hmm. And just introduce him that way, then like the Hulk like goes crazy and starts destroying city and thing comes in and starts and like starts fighting with them. I I think I would trust Marvel to do a proper good Fantastic Four movie. I would, but you don't have to. You can introduce the characters slowly. No, yeah, you can. You, you can introduce the characters and integrate them throughout. That that would be cool. But this will be interesting to watch. I mean, it'll probably be a few years before we see anything reflected in the actual movies. And maybe we can build up to an Illuminati movie. It's true. You could do that. You could. Uh, Papa bless you, David. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the Marvel Illuminati. That's that's what? Tony Reed, Doctor Strange, Namor? Yes, Namor, Blackhold, Uh, Xavier. Yes. And with, with this Fox Murder, you get all the characters in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you would have everyone you need. Interesting. That would be well, cool. I do wonder with some of these sort of films that are just sort of like lying around in limbo at the moment. Um, Disney did release a movie uh, called uh, The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Uh-huh. And they, which you, I'm sure you probably didn't hear about, but um, I heard about it. I didn't see though. <laughs> uh, I, I don't no think anyone did. did. No, no, I don't think anybody did. But they, they really didn't do a lot of PR for that, and they kind of buried it in in the middle of a very packed weekend. And and I wonder if they don't have a similar strategy for some of these. Just we'll we're not sure how well it's going to do, so we'll we'll just sort of bury it here and then we can sell it to you know to netflix or hbo later mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> maybe or they might even hang on to it for their streaming service yeah true i am a little bit sad for sophie turner because i am such a huge sansa stark fan in game mm-hmm. of thrones and sophie turner is wonderful in that show and i, I feel like she just didn't get the chance to show her range and and of course they're two very different types of art uh game of thrones and the x-men films but um i i would love to see her show her acting chops a bit more mm-hmm. with, with game of thrones under her belt she's gonna get more uh, options especially oh yeah with, i'm sure with it, oh, yeah, especially yeah, with absolutely. game of thrones ending now she's yeah. gonna have a lot more free time to pursue more roles yeah. I'm sure I'm sure she will be in other films. Uh let's see. And talking about the film industry and actors and giving them their proper due, the Oscars are coming up. Ah, yes. The Oscars. And now you might be wondering. I'm wondering why why is <laughs> Thank you, Bill. Thank you. I'm glad you're I'm glad you're filled with curiosity. Ah. Go good, on. good because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> now you might be wondering why is the nerd podcast talking about the Oscars? It's mainly because we talk about superheroes. <laughs> well, yeah, we talk about movies, but also superheroes are going to play apparently a kind of big role. Mm-hmm. Or there's maybe we have that? some interesting <sighs> superhero and nerdy connections into it. Uh, obviously, the big talker from it is Black Panther, mm-hmm. seven Academy Award nominations, first superhero film ever nominated for Best Picture. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and a lot of people, including myself, I first thought like, oh, they've tossed this in here so they can kind of say they've tossed this in here. I think it and has a real shot. I really like, I, I kind of think it'll win now. I, I'm not holding my breath on it. If it does, I will be super excited about well, what it. Are the, who are the, what are the other movies that are nominated? Uh, let's see. We got, um, Black KK Clansman. I got pulled up right here. Oh, okay. Black KK <laughs> Clansman. Black Clansman. There's an extra case of it. Bohemian, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. If I mean, from what I've heard, this might be Roma's to lose, mm-hmm. but, I mean, I, Black Panther won Best Cast in the SAG Awards, it's won mm-hmm. Saturn Awards, it's won a bunch of other awards. It's moving up there as potentially a shot. I, I think it'll win. I really, I think it's it's too important culturally and it, for it to not win at this point. Um, and you know, you know, you asked me two months ago. I said, yeah, it'll probably be nominated, but I don't think it'll win. I think there's enough buzz with voter with Oscar voters that it's especially all the bad publicity that's been around Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book and some of the the stuff that's been going on with that. I think it would be a win for uh the academy if they did choose black panther and because you, I, I go ahead oh sorry you mentioned daniel that this is roma's to lose but i i think there is some bad blood in hollywood it mm-hmm. sounds like about the fact that this was released for like a day and then it was put on netflix so true there's there's mm-hmm. some sense i think that 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 this is sort of signaling the end of movies as we know it. And, and so there might be some reluctance to reward that. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be, that, that wouldn't, that would be poor form, but still it's, yes. it's out there. And um, I, I, I feel like it still is Roma's to lose, but I think that since you have that sentiment there, Black Panther, especially after the Sagwin might uh, just might end up squeaking by with it. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I I was I was a little bit afraid that when they were announcing like the best supporting actor I was a little afraid that they were not going to nominate anyone but like Martin Freeman or Andy Serkis mm-hmm. like they yeah. were going to find the <laughs> one white actors in the in the movies and nominate it's, those it's, yeah. it's sort of like <laughs> when like Paul was it no, Paul. It wasn't Paul Giamatti got nominated. It was they nominated the writers of Straight Out of Compton, which were two white people. Uh, <laughs> and Jesus, I I will say this, especially given how I think Oscar judging works in terms of you kind of you kind of rate movies of here's my one, here's my two, here's my three, and if people are torn on like Roma or A Star Is Born or some of these others that are gaining popularity. If it gets enough twos and everything's mixed, it could win. Because I think a lot of people said that's probably how, like, Moonlight won Mm -hmm. a year or two ago. Yeah. Is, you know, it was almost everyone's number two choice. And then people couldn't decide on, like, La La Land or something else. And suddenly it's like, well, this has the most points. I I, I also, I want to go on record as saying that La La Land is the most overrated movie of the past ten years. And I think it's just a Hollywood circle jerk that has no place in anybody's top 10 favorite movies list. I'm sorry. Uh, that I was, 100% agree. Um, Bill, what is wrong with a circle jerk? Um, nothing. But like, <laughs> what? 
especially given like you know how how people have you know the the whole um the, the what was it the not so, the so not black or whatever the the lack of diversity Oscar so white Oscar so yeah. white exactly thank you the lack of diversity and then for them to like champion this film that's got all these you know central white characters that are you know kind of not very compelling and they can't really sing they can't really dance i mean oh you know ryan gosling saved jazz but like it it just is like it's the most member berries like film of all Mm -hmm. time hey remember the golden age of hollywood yeah i remember not to mention the like not to mention the sort of audacity and inappropriateness of the statement that this white, not very talented at singing star save jazz. Like, so, <laughs> like just throwing that out there. Woo! I mean, I do acknowledge I do acknowledge Woo! that Emma Stone is, of course, Asian American, but, uh, that, you, you know, so, oh, geez, but, that's <laughs> Well, look, Jesus. she's up there with Scarlett Johansson as their performances. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What? A, oh, I uh, can't wait for the can't wait for the Twitter replies on this one. This will be yeah. When's the last time we got a Twitter sorry. reply? I really, I am gonna get a po- I'm gonna get a poster like uh, a Photoshop a poster of La La Lane with like a review on it that just says that has Bill Sheehy Funkhauser and it says a Hollywood Circle Church. <laughs> and this is just Beth, get it hung up. Beth Dunstan, white people saving jazz. <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh no! Don't put that on there. Don't, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I, I'll say this: my main to bring it back to Black Panther. <laughs> Thank you. And away from all of that. Yeah, good call. We got a little racy there. Um, my only worry is, especially even in recent memory. The Oscars don't always seem to vote with what's sort of culturally significant. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, changing, though, because... This will be the real test, I think. I, 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 I think, think you're right. I, I think, think there's, you're right. And it doesn't have to be Black Panther. Uh, there's a couple other movies. Black Klansman comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and even some stuff through some of the other categories mm-hmm. where I think they have a chance to show that they're changing. Yeah. Uh Mo- a lot of what I'm seeing seems to say it's between like Roma and A Star Is Born, with maybe Green Book as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I've I- I've seen like rumblings that like Green Book is definitely kind of like white savior ish stuff too. Yeah. And I think that'd be a mistake to to not to make that your best picture when you have you know Black Panther is you know this huge cultural event. It's a great movie, and I think I. I have zero problems with it, people calling it the, with it being the best picture of 2018 because mm-hmm. I, you know, while there may have been like, you know, more better movies that like you know superhero movies I enjoyed like Infinity War, you can't. It's the way that it's able to like have a message to be a superhero movie and to just be as good, great as it is. I think. Is, is a testament to like how much hard work you know that Ryan Coogler put into it and the cast and crew like hearing stories from behind the scenes you know they they knew what they were they were doing they had uh the the energy was there so i think it would be well 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 deserved and well uh warranted if it won 
And I think it's no surprise that it, it won the SAG Awards just because the cast mm-hmm. is excellent. Yep. The oh, entire yeah. cast is just excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it winning for best cast is just perfect because well, like yeah. everyone in there is doing a fantastic job. I mean, like even like the uh, you know Angela Bassett, Forrest oh, Whitaker. Yeah. I mean, they they have like the actors that are in that are like have been in Oscar winning films before. So like mm-hmm. you know it, it it's it doesn't surprise me at all that I'm trying except for maybe Infinity War. I think that probably had the best cast of any film last year period well that's because infinity war had a lot of black panther cast in it yeah, anyway exactly <laughs> exactly so you had the you had the black panther cast and then you added like everybody out like you know just take out just basically take out force whitaker and uh, michael b jordan and you got everyone that's in infinity war Absolutely. michael b jordan is Phenomenal. Yes, he is and, he, absolutely. Phenomenal. In my opinion, oh, yeah. he's by far the best single movie villain yet by by a long shot. Oh yeah, oh hundred percent. At, at this, and then at the same time, like at the end of the year, to be in Creed and be like this really inspiring like sports figure. Mm-hmm. I, the dude, like he's great when he's a villain. He's great when he's a hero. Fantastic actor. Oh, and I remember watching an analysis uh, from. Uh, the YouTube channel Screen Junkies by Daniel Radford, one of their contributors, mm-hmm. uh, talking about um, how well the movie captured a lot of elements of of the Black experience, uh, not just in Africa, but you know the fact that Michael B. Jordan's character is the way he is because of just the realities he faced in uh, in his very poor neighborhood growing up and uh, surrounded by this violence and what he had to do to survive and um and and i think it's just was so well thought out and so well done and they uh and it is sort of an own voices work which i do appreciate a lot Mm -hmm. and i will say this even if it doesn't get best picture i think it is definitely walking away with an oscar or two because mm-hmm. oh, yeah. there's, if it, it, it 100% deserves it, If it goes seven nominations and zero Oscars, there's something wrong with that. Oh, 100%. Oh, yes. Like, you could at least give it production and costume design. Mm-hmm. It deserves all of the stuff it's nominated for. Yeah. But Absolutely. I will say, a movie that might have an even better shot at an Oscar, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, it's getting an Oscar, like just, just it, flat it out. It seems to be the favorite. It's, it's winning all the awards. It won the Golden Globe. It's up against Incredibles two, Isle of Dogs, uh, Mire, Ralph if, breaks the internet. If Into the Spider Verse does not win the Oscar for best animated feature, I, I'm gonna stay away from Twitter because it's it's gonna break down. <laughs> like it's just it's bur- Twitter will burn down. Yeah. It'll be rough. I, I yeah. feel like it has I to have I will be setting this. Twitter on fire. <laughs> Personally. I don't know how to do it. I, I'm not going to, like, I guess I'll just light a lighter under my phone while I have the Twitter I will be on. burning it up with my hot I, I will throw spears at the cloud. <laughs> Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse should win. And, like, if that doesn't win, the Oscars really need to take a look at how their judging goes. And I, I think though it it has it pretty much at a lock. It's it's won everything leading up to this pretty much, and, and so I think that there 
there seems to be a pervasive idea. Yes, Mm -hmm. it is deserving. It is the best film of the year. And Mm -hmm. I think it helps that it was late in the year, too. I think it might be the freshest one in a lot of voters' minds. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm actually looking to see if this one, how far back we have to go to reach not Disney. Maybe Shrek? Do you know what it is? Shrek? 2011. Rango. Oh, who cares? What? I forgot that one. Uh, was was the animated feature just weak that year? I can tell you what it was up against. Uh, A Cat in Paris, Chico and Rita, Kung Fu Panda 2, and Puss in Boots. So yes, it was, it was a very, that year. It was a very it was weak year. Weak. I didn't it know Pixar took a year tough off, apparently it did. <laughs> Well, that that is a terrible selection. So Disney took the year off, and Rango won. Yeah, (laughs) and then like they haven't they've made a movie every year. Look what you did, Disney. This is what you made us do. (laughs) Rango, really, Johnny Depp? Come on. So this year Disney has two: Incredibles two and Ralph breaks the internet. In my in my stupid Anderson's Isle of Dogs. In my stupid mind, I'm like Spider Man. Wait, David, think about what you did. (laughs) <laughs> Spider-Man is not Disney he's Sony bad David uh, yeah. Papa bless well, you David I love the people who have pointed out it's Sony movies went from the emoji movie to Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and they're like how do you do such a turn <laughs> well you get Lord and Miller to to make your movies yeah. you take produce them, how you do that is you take everyone that makes the emoji movie Put them in a fire and get a new crew. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sure there are very talented animators who didn't write that crappy script. They, <laughs> and they, they just did their work. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> I was like, the other weird fun thing is because this is the hostless Oscars. Mm-hmm. After all of that controversy. I have an idea for a host. <laughs> Who's your host? Liam Neeson. No, I'm kidding. That that was that's a joke. That's oh, a tropical joke. humor. That's a joke. Uh, I, no, I ha- I have a uh, option. Uh-huh. Put Dwayne Johnson because who knows what fucking race he actually oh, is. Oh, that's a that's a good. Uh, no, I would Samoan. love that. Yeah, he's Samoan. He's, he's, yeah. I think so we do know Samoan. David, yeah. but that's not the, that's not the funny part. Is everyone didn't know what it was for a long time. True, true. The uh, yeah, I would say I would a hundred percent love. Yeah, that's the answer. Dwayne Johnson right there. to host that the That was Oscars. the answer. Why, I, yeah. He's delightful in everything. He, uh-huh. he is very humorous. He's very charismatic. He, he's perfect for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say they've said they're going to since they don't have a producer. Basically, have a series of presenters to present the awards, and they're going to supposedly bring in, if rumors are true, like all the Avengers. Because they did that before the first Avengers movie came out with the six of them, and they had them present awards, and now, of course, the Avengers span into most of Hollywood. I don't know, it's like a hundred of them. That is such a great metaphor for the state of Hollywood right now, just the Avengers having to come in and save the Oscars. There you go. I will say this, ABC's putting on the Oscars, they're owned by Disney, I think Disney's leveraging what it's got. Do you know know what I would love if the Avengers came in, but it was only half of them, they're all carrying a jar of dirt? (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Tom Holland's not there. <laughs> Chris Pratt wanted to be here today, but uh, you know he's. he's but uh, you, now, you know Thanos is a dick. That's true. Big I mean, old, I think... a big old purple dick. <laughs> I I think there is an obvious answer, but who do you guys think is going to be the best of them to do it? I say Robert Downey. Yeah, that's easy. I think Robert yeah, Downey is the easy, easy choice. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, followed closely, probably by oh God. maybe Pratt. Yeah, probably. I would Pratt. actually say Chris Hemsworth because he's shown us oh, several times. Great, great, I, I, he's, I, I, you know, he's a great at comedy. He's he's guess, such he's a great presenter. He's fun. So I think well, Chris be. Evans started in comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say Chris Evans would probably also be good. Benedict, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch would probably be pretty funny. Mm-hmm. True. He could be funny, yeah. You know, Chris, like, I, Chris, I Hems, think... Chris Hemsworth may have started in comedy, but he ended in my heart. I'm saying Evans, <laughs> not Hemsworth. Okay, either, both. Hemsworth started in Star Trek. I thought, who started in comedy then? Evans. Oh, okay, cool. Well, either way, yeah, he did and too. And Pratt, technically. Yeah. Well, Pratt, yeah. He, uh, he just uh, decided to stop drinking beer, and then look what happened. <laughs> Depends on also if you, how you count the season of Saturday Night Live Robert Downey Jr. was on. That's true. Good point. Really good point. What I kind of want to see is Tom Holland uh, give an award out, but he, ru- he spoils the award. <laughs> like he just gets, just, just like he does the animated feature, and he just comes out before and now Spider Man's the winner. Um, <laughs> it'd be perfect because he, be perfect. He would be Spider Man. <laughs> so people would play off of the joke, but he really spoiled it. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I, I think all of them will probably do well. They they all have mm-hmm. personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is. This is just like ABC and Disney going like, we will do whatever it takes to make people watch these Oscars. <laughs> They'll just drop a trailer in the middle of them. If you want to, like, <laughs> if, Disney, if Disney wanted to ensure that people will be watching the Oscars, you need to have a Star Wars something in it. <laughs> Bill. I, I'm <laughs> sure they I'm will telling have you, the something. People, the people want it. Hasn't BB-8 helped present Oscars the That's past true. couple I, years? I'd be, I, as someone who's met BB-8, the real BB-8, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. I have a BB-8. Oh. Well, no one cares, David. So, <laughs> God bless your soul. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was gonna be. Not, I was gonna be nice. I'm so so sorry. I'm so sorry. Papa bless you, David. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would make it through the entire podcast. Well, you know, I can't... I'm, I'm just a man. I'm not perfect. <laughs> Bill, I think you won't be happy unless they stuff the Oscars to reveal the episode yes. 9 I want them title. to just release episode 9. Actually, <laughs> that might be the best way to get people to watch, to say we are going to release not only the title... But a teaser but trailer movie. for this next film. Please watch this. <laughs> and that's how they announce the Greedo solo film. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be fun to... I mean, it's always fun to watch the Oscars. Mm-hmm. There's some good movies in this year. I'll actually watch it this year. <laughs> I, I will, I'll say this. I'm a lot more interested now that it's hostless. Yeah, me too. Just see what happens, I, you know? I will say I will watch it. But I probably won't. Okay, cool, David. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> That's good. Thank to know. you. You're wonderful. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. That is that is good to know. Mm-hmm. Because you know, I and... am so great at watching things like on time. 
<laughs> I believe it. Yeah, David, have you seen Spider-Verse yet? Oh, look at the time. I think I gotta go. Uh, well, it's, it's gotta, we gotta <laughs> well, go. Now we it's wrap time it up. to wrap up the podcast. Uh, <laughs> David, do you have anything to plug? Uh, I guess just my Twitter account, at the David Hood, and I'm actually using it for once. Yeah, look at you, getting active on social media. I know, right? I still forget I have a Facebook account. It's fine. <laughs> I think we all have. It's fine. It's, sometimes it's better to forget. <laughs> and I did find out this week, I do have an Instagram. Mm-hmm. Really? I don't, I don't know where it came from, because I didn't create it, but I do have one. That's that's interesting. I will say you are the only reason I have a Snapchat. Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> And I, and I, someone, I, I, and I know. someone at their wedding had bought a special filter and wanted to make sure everyone there used it. Yes, my <laughs> wife Jesus did. Right. Now, I, I, I've actually, I, I have images of you guys sending uh, secret snaps to each other in the dead of night. So that's that's that. I'm, no, glad, was, I'm glad you said that. It, it, David, and David's the only reason it, I have Snapchat. Double, double, double D. My wife's not home, so expect Snapchats. <laughs> It would just be more pictures of your dogs. Yeah, absolutely. Well, because that's about the only Snapchats I send. <laughs> I just get it's like pictures of the Davidsons. Like, hey, look at my dogs. I'm like, oh, my dogs are precious and they are the best. <laughs> Except, you know what? Now that I think about it, where's the little one? <laughs> All right. Well, while David hunts down his dog, Bill, what did you have to plug? All right, you guys can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Bill. If you if you like me here uh, and you like Star Wars and basketball from time to time, I have another <laughs> podcast. It's called Skywalking Through the League. You can uh, find us on iTunes and Google Play, whatever you got. Um, we're on there, so give us a look, uh, give us a listen. We're uh, we're really, 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 really trying hard. Uh, to bring you the best content out there. Uh, sorry, Daniel. I, I, I mean the best content out there. Um, and yeah, no. so if that interests you at all, give us a listen, and you can follow us on Twitter at SkywalkingTL. Thank now, you. Bill, just who, how many people would Star Wars, or let's, we'll okay. trim it down, how many people would the Resistance trade in order to get Anthony Davis? Um, <laughs> their entire bench, so they would literally be three players. <laughs> Listen, and I, can we talk about that for a second? What the heck? I, I was looking at the roster and like all the people the Lakers were offering, and I'm like, you literally just—it's just LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, Anthony Davis, and like I don't know who Luke Walton. So Luke Walton's gonna—what are you doing, man? What like I know I get you want AD, but come on, what is whatever? Follow me on Twitter, do all that, whatever. Papa bless. To get more of that, listen to Skywalking Through the League. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Double D, as the kids say. Beth, do you have anything you would like to plug? Oh, just that the American Library Association has uh, released their annual Great Graphic Novels for Teens list, but these are great graphic novels for everybody. So if you're into comics and want to see what uh, we librarians consider the best of the year, check that out at ALA.org. Um, you can just search for great graphic novels for teens. And uh, there is a Star Wars graphic novel as part of this, Star Wars Lost Stars, Lost Stars by yes, Claudia ma'am. Gray. Fantastic so, book. Yes. I love it. <laughs> so that's part of that. Also, Miss Marvel is on this list. Runaways by Rainbow Roll. Um, Green, 
Green Lantern Earth One. So there's a lot of superhero-y stuff on the list uh, as well. How much of it is My Hero Academia? Unfortunately, it is not listed this year. I'm a little bit surprised. It's been listed on previous years. So I I think that maybe maybe they think everybody already knows about My Hero Academia. But... um, (laughs) As they should. Speaking of My Hero Academia, get Jump Force to play as Izuku Midoriya. Yeah, true. That comes out next week. Yeah, it Mm. does. And I'm just I'm pissed off that it's only one character from my hero. I'm sure there have to be more coming, but they they have confirmed the roster's final. But oh no, DLC exists. Yeah. Well, they want you to go buy my hero one justice, Dave. <laughs> and I want you to go buy that so you and I can play it against each other. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Daniel Dunstan. You can also now find the podcast on Twitter. Yeah. At Nerds for Normal. That's Nerds the number four normal. Uh, we've been posting a lot on there, posting articles, some stuff we've talked about here, some stuff is just stuff we found that are fun discussion points for Twitter. Give us a follow. And you won't miss any updates about the podcast and hopefully get some fun, nerdy content throughout the week. We'd also love it if you would rate and review us on iTunes. I know not everyone listens on the iTunes and basically wherever you listen, if there's a rate and review feature, that helps us out. And as always, see you nerds. <laughs>